Pete Saban Vrabel. Are there any good coaches left in college football or the NFL? Jim's on his way out. And are we riding with the Raptors and Drago for what he said about the refs? Let's get into it. up in the organization of Seattle I was just telling my mom there's two ways you can be the head of an organization you're either the general manager or the head coach any other position is a downgraded position and then there's the owner but he's just the big boss you know he gives you the money so he pays your bills after the, this team this Seattle Seahawks team had a down year this year after overachieving in the season before that Okay, nobody thought Gino was going to do anything with Seattle. Now we have a down year. When I went on Instagram, my I saw that breaking. I was like, oh my God, did like something happen to Pete Carroll? Like, I legit thought something happened to him. Because I didn't think he was going to get hurt. I didn't think he was gonna, this was going to happen. I legit thought he was like, gone. And my heart being so fast because I'm like, why and what are we going to do better than Pete Carroll? There's not a lot of people coming through the door. And Jim Harbaugh is not coming to Seattle. If he's not going to Los Angeles Chargers, he ain't coming to Seattle. There's nothing better out there. Vrabel, yeah, but mm, I'd rather ride with Pete. You know why? Because Pete built this team with... He rebuilt this team with John. So, do I think this was the right decision? Absolutely not. I think that Seattle had a down season, but had all the weapons that they needed to go and win, go to the playoffs next season. They just needed a quarterback. Gino has shown you he's not the guy. He showed you when he took over for Russ when he went injured. He's shown you this season. He showed you last season. He's been showing you that he's not the guy. They just thought, oh, well, there wasn't a best quarterback draft last year. Fair. And that it was like, well, we've got to respect it. This, that, that. They didn't want to go into the open market. Fair. Right with Gino. But now you're drafting pretty early considering. Let's go draft up. But the way I see this going is that with the team on the rise and the quarterback away, they thought to themselves, Pete is older, he might not coach forever, and we're ready. All we need is a quarterback, and this is a deep quarterback draft. So let's give, let's get a let's get a new guy in here who can draft a quarterback that will be their guy for the next 15 years, hopefully. That's the way I see it. Now as opposed to having Pete draft the quarterback and then the new guy comes in and is like, well, I don't want him. And then all this money that they're going to pay for on a second contract or all the development they have to go into, it'll just put them back years. So they thought, let's just move on from Pete now and get the quarterback and it'll be their guy, which is fair. It's a very good coach. It's a very good organizational decision. But am I upset that Pete Carroll is gone? Absolutely. I love Pete Carroll. He was my first introduction to football. Seattle's my team. Like, I don't know what else to say. Like, I love Seattle football. And to see, and when I think of Seattle football, I might think of the Legion of Boomer, Russ, but I think of Pete Carroll because you know who's rah-rah? Who's running down the sidelines? Pete Carroll, 72 years old. He's the, he was the oldest college, he was the oldest NFL head coach, and now he's gone. It's like, it's the end of an era in Seattle. And it's like, the sad thing is, it's not even like the team is gone. It's not even like when, it, when the Legion of Boomer was leaving or Russ was leaving. This team is ready. This team is young and hungry and wants to win. And now you're giving the reins up and going to some position. Honestly, 
if the Seahawks let Pete move on, like, say you can go look for other jobs, if he wants to move up and get another job, go to another team. Chargers. Panthers. Raiders. Who wants him? Everybody wants him. You know why? Because he knows how to win. He knows how to build a program. He's one of the only coaches to win, in a, win a natty and win a Super Bowl. That's a small list. And to do that, I think Jim Harbaugh is part of that list too now. But, oh, Jim isn't part of it yet, but we think he will be one day. I just think that, sure, it's a... This only works. I'm telling you, this will only be a good move if they go and draft a quarterback this year. Because if they don't draft a quarterback this year that will take over for Gino, it's a waste. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Out of the blue, see it on, get the notification on ESPN. Nick Saban. Nick Saban is not going to be the coach for Alabama Crimson Tide anymore. The way I see it is that Nick saw it as Georgia is going to continue to roll. Texas is on the way up. The Big Ten's changing. College football, NIL, everything that he doesn't want to deal with, the bureaucracy. And he's just like, you know what? I'll go off, win my set with my seven rings, uh, 11 SEC championships, and be the best coach in college football for the rest of history. Nobody's going to do that over again. I don't care what you think. Nick Saban has translated from being a defensive coach to running now to being from defensive Alabama to offensive Alabama to offensive Alabama. He never changed. He, I mean, he changed with the times, and he understood that he never became a dinosaur. He changed college football. He put Alabama was on the map. He put Alabama on a bigger map. I think that he just saw that things were going to change, and he wasn't up for the change. And you know what? Does anybody put it past him? Absolutely not. Everybody's like think that Jim Harbaugh should leave Michigan because of all the sanctions that are coming. I was like, man, the bureaucracy that don't want to deal with the NCAA and rather go deal with the NFL and pro teams and not have to rebuild every two years because recruits are going to leave because of NIL, because of this, because of that. They just want better playing time. He's like, you know what? I've built everything I could. I lost to Jim Harbaugh, kind of like his... I don't even know how to say this, but like Jim is the one guy that hadn't beat him in the Big Ten and he finally got beat by the Big Ten and he's like, you know what? I look at Alabama, Jalen Mirro might be the answer, but whoever, if he's not, and I want to go get another guy, I'm not going to get that guy. And that guy will be two years away from being ready to go. So he's like, you know what? Seven natties, 11 SECs. I'm going to go off into the distance and win. <laughs> he ain't going far because he's going to be end up on someone's TV screen. CBS, NBC, ESPN most likely. Here's already on Pat McAfee every day. Every once a week. But still, you know what I mean. Nick Saban, when you think of college football, you think of Nick Saban. You think of Alabama. You think of the consistency. Nick Saban is college football. Uh, so let's move on to talking about coaches. We'll run with this because, you know, there's actually a lot of stuff that happened for coaches this, in sports. NFL, NBA, contracts, that kind of stuff, right? Firings. So Mike Vrabel gets let go after four, 54 and 55 record, 454 winning percentage, three trips to the playoffs, and he worked with subpar teams. He never had a star quarterback, and his team was gritty, strong, defensive, that was always playing intense football. I think it was the worst decision by Tennessee to let him go. I think that he will be the second choice in the open coaching search besides Harbaugh 
he's linked to the Patriots because of his history. He's linked. I think that will be a good situation, but you got to look at the situation in the pit in New England in his Bill Leaves. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have a great team. They only got a couple players on defense. But, you know, if anybody's going to turn it around, I think Mike Gribble could turn it around because look what he did with Tennessee. Like I said, the Raiders, the Raiders and Chargers are everybody's pick. If wherever Jim goes, like I said, the domino will fall. And when his domino falls, everybody else's domino will fall. So, but let's roll with variable in the sense of, like, coaching. Coaches have three years. If they have their quarterback, terrific. If they don't have a quarterback, they have three years to develop a quarterback. Somehow, with everything that's happened, all the coaches are going to fight. Matty Buflu states. Okay. The one thing I look at a coach, three years, sure. If you can get your side of the ball correct, you deserve to be there. And you did the right thing because you fixed your side of the ball. If you can't fix your side of the ball, then there's an issue. Now, Matty Buflu has fixed his side of the ball. Defense is really strong. It has some nice talent to go with it. It's just, can they get the quarterback right? You know, Chicago hasn't had the quarterback right since before my parents had been born. So, also recognize that the division you're in may contribute to it. Because the AFC West, that has turmoil pretty much every three, four years, with the Chargers getting rid of Anthony Lynn, now Staley, now they're looking for the next guy. The Raiders had... Um, Gruden, then they went to McDaniels, then they thought Versace, all this kind of stuff, right? Like, if your team isn't good in your division, one thing not many clips are a wildcard team, but if you're the same turmoil, it isn't always the coach. It's sometimes just the organization or the talent or this or that. It's much more than the coach because if you get rid of the coach, okay, he gets three years, he's out. And the next day it comes in, runs in the same situation, can't fix it, he's on threes, and then the pattern just continues. So, it's not always the coach's fault. Like, in Mike Vrabel's case, it ain't his fault that his team is... The, they were going in two separate di directions, and he's been pissed ever since A.J. Brown got traded to Philly. And look what Philly did with A.J. Brown in one season. Now, this season, we're not talking about. To three years cycle is not enough. I think four years is a good time to evaluate it. I honestly thought Arthur Smith was not going to get fired because he was on his three-year, four-year teeter. But everything that happened the day that he got fired at just contributed it to it. So there's probably they were probably on the fence and that was just pushing them over the edge. But Atlanta almost did the right thing. But unfortunately, unless you have a team that you're already going into that's already strong or somewhat decent, you don't have a shot as a coach. Unless you are like Sean Payton or like... Andy Reid or people like that. Like, unless you're a name, like, if you're a first-time head coach, you won't have a chance to make it past three years unless you've made it to the playoffs or done something that can consider you. Like, look, they're already saying that Nick Sirianni might be on the hot seat. After going to the playoffs in his first year, going to the Super Bowl in his next year, having a down-season this year, going to the playoffs, still going to the playoffs, He's done three years, I'm pretty sure. And they're sending him to the... They're saying that he might be out by next year. Like, he's done everything you can do. Gone to the playoffs three times in a year. 
three times in his three-year contract. Like, what else do you want him to do? So I think that this fact that we are moving on from coaches so, 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 so fast is just wrong because they do everything they can and sometimes they overachieve and you still think you can do better. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. We all have to understand that. Talk about another coach. I swear, it's a coaching day-to-day. We got to talk about a guy in the NBA that's got eight years, $120 million in Eric Spolstrom. He's the guy that's been there for 15 years and has been to the NBA playoffs every year but twice in his in his coaching career as a heat. He's been there since the beginning. He went he's been he's never been at another another organization. Miami has kept him from the beginning. He replaced Pat Riley and everybody early thought oh it was a big 3. It was uh, the superstars that kept him that was that was the reason why he was the top coach. No. He's done it with less talent. He's done it with more talent. He's done it all the way in between. Eric Spolstra is a great coach. But you also have to remember that the consistency isn't just a him thing. is isn't just his coaching ability. It's the organizational thing. That's why Eric Spolstra is so good and why he's been there so long. Because the consistency with, with drafting, with recruiting, with with scouting talent, all this stuff, and the way he coaches his team fits. And that's why he got this eight-year deal because he's so good, but all these other things work together. Now in the NFL, some things just don't, in any sport, some things just don't work together. It's, everything has to go together perfectly to win a championship. Sometimes everything has to go together just to make the playoffs. And that doesn't always happen. And people have to understand that, but people don't understand that. People think, oh, if you haven't figured out in three years, you're done and you don't deserve it. And you weren't the right guy. But the case is, look within and see what the situation is and why you're getting fired. Is it, I don't have a star player that I can build a franchise around? Is it my quarterback is that we thought was going to be my quarterback has injury concerns and we just didn't do the right job in scouting? And again, that's not only his job, that's a GM's job and the front office and the scouting department. So... Everything falls on the head coach normally, but remember, it's an organizational thing. You picked him, and you um, came up short, not just him. But Eric is a great coach. He deserves his money, and he will definitely, and, and unless something else changes, he'll be a Miami Heat coach until he returns like Pat Riley did. Well, but Pat went to it, because my bad. But, you know, he's going to be the opposite of Pat. To talk about the Raptors head coach in Drago, um, it's totally justified, I guess. But when you put six men in the box against Anthony Davis, he's going to take advantage of that. So, Scotty Barnes has only been uh, fouled, sent to the free throw time twice in three games. This is not my thing. This is Brian Windhorst that said this and made a great point in saying this, that Ben Taylor was also the same referee that Fred Van Fleet called out last season for calling technicals on him about $30,000 Drago will take his fine he'll take his suspension he doesn't care he went to battle for his kids he went he said something that nobody would say he went after him like fully after him and he called out like the Lakers and saying like if they needed to win like basically saying that they was like oh the Lakers were meant to win they the league wanted to win and the fact is that everybody thinks that like like the Lakers and like these big organizations like the Cowboys and they like, get calls put their way I don't think that is the truth necessarily. I think the truth is that you you're in you're in 
well, not Staples anymore, but you were, you're in Staples Arena and the crowd gets to you, the stuff gets to you, and you just call it. And it's, it's, it's not about who's on the court. And yeah, there is players that get special treatment and there's the thing about Scotty Barnes and how he's not. He's a star, but he's just, they're not giving him the star. I think the fact is that we need to realize that the NBA is very player-driven, and then we all know that. But the fact is that, yeah, LeBron's going to get a call over Scotty, and that's just a fact. And there's got to be a line, and the thing is, this time, the line was crossed, not once, not by one foot, by two feet, by like 23 feet. That's the difference. Yes, give, yes there is special treatment LeBron, but not this much. Not this much to the Lakers. And... To say that this is the way the NBA is going to look for superstars, this is why you're going to lose fans. Because not everybody wants to see the best players get special treatment. We want to see the old days. We, I didn't see Jordan. I didn't see those days where it was like a war zone on the court. You can pretty much go to the rim and get a foul. Like, guaranteed. In this case, it wasn't. But majority of the time, that's the case. And we need to get back from that. Fouls need to be something that you don't call them late. You call them throughout or you don't call them at all. Like That's a thing. And if you're going to call them one way, that's what's going to lose you. As a, as a, as going to lose your reputation, going to lose your... I can't come up with a word right now, but... In, oh, integrity. That's the word I'm looking for. Lose your integrity. So as a referee, you got to call it both ways or don't call it at all. I don't care if you're LeBron James. I don't care if you're the greatest of all time. I don't care if you're the Los Angeles Lakers and won so many titles. And the Raptors are Canada and you don't want to help the Canadian team. And Ben Johnson about all this stuff. About Fred and like historical history and stuff like that. The NBA picture to coach referee a game. Referee it fair or don't referee it at all. That's what it comes down to. To finish the show, though, it's been a very high, heavily, heavily strong show. We're going to finish off with what's trending in sports. Kawhi gets $153 million for a three-year deal. Wink Martindale is out as the defensive coordinator. They have mutually parted ways. The rumor is that he said to F off to, to Brian Dayball before leaving the facility. That is a question, though. Will... Is there is Dayball coaching different? Now, I have to look at it this way. Coached the great defense last year, and this year they're just not good. And you know why? Because their offense is just not even helping the defense. So I don't blame Dayball. I don't blame Wink. I just blame the injuries and the fact that they don't have a stable quarterback. So now it's up for New York to see what's next for them. Apparently, Antonio Pierce, like I said last episode, he's a high candidate for DC. I think that's the best spot for him because you know what? Get the, get some experience and then go get be a head coach. But that is it for today's episode. Want to keep it short? Want to keep it high? Uh, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe before leaving the episode. If you have a take, if you have a thought, put it in the comments below. Helps the channel grow. Helps me grow as a sportscaster. And you know what? Hopefully one day we can make this podcast a very big one. And uh, yeah, that's it. I hope to see you guys next time. And uh, I'll see you guys next time.